In the spirit of reconciliation, the Swapcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to the Elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torrent Strait Islander peoples today. We're talking again About Welcome to the Swapcast Podcast, the world's only podcast dedicated to body swap movies. I'm your host, Paul Mitzi, and with me we have... Brendan Levi. In today's episode, we'll be breaking down the 2023 superhero sequel, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, starring Zachary Levi, Helen Mirren, and Lucy Liu, where three fallen gods seek to take the powers of Billy Batson and his gang of orphaned superheroes in order to take revenge for the destruction of their world. But before we get into that, just a reminder, we absolutely love hearing from our listeners and we welcome film suggestions for future episodes. So please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, send us an email at theswapcastpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support our show, reviewing us is the best way possible. So to say thank you, if we reach 100 star ratings on iTunes and Spotify, we will finally fulfill our fans' most common request to review Face Off. You got to whisper with me because you're the only person here. <laughs> Face off. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. That's where I so, AMSR <laughs> listeners. Uh, so, on to Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The original Shazam! was a solid hit. It got positive reviews and made a ton of money and seemed to be liked by pretty much everyone who watched it. However, this sequel has pretty much been dead on arrival hated by critics and majorly underperforming at the box office. Hell, even finding a third person to guest on this episode was impossible because (laughs) nobody wanted to go watch it. (laughs) So my question is, why the decline in enthusiasm for this franchise? And does it deserve more love than it's getting? Is it, um, how how did the first one do? Like, what was the- The the first one was a- Big, big hit. I think it made like half a billion dollars. Like it, it was a solid hit. Like well that, regarded. Yeah, solid hit. Well, as far as uh, swap uh, ratings, we uh, we gave it glowing applause. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like at the top of like my, all of our lists. Like we really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's still on my top ten. What happened, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> this one was not as good, but. Mm. Also, I feel like uh like I, I've I've seen a lot of like things going on about like the the DC universe and like shifts mm-hmm. and then like uh what is it? What's his name? The Rock, what's his actual name? Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it has like sort of like dicked over the franchise and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think that the DCEU kind of collapsing in on itself has definitely tempered enthusiasm for this film i think also even though it's not really fair but kind of the decline in quality of the marvel movies kind of has leaked onto this and people are just feeling a bit of superhero fatigue overall i feel um but it's such a shame because the original shazam was a genuinely fun movie and uh, it's a bit annoying that, like, everyone's just kind of forgotten that. <laughs> and now it's, like, there was just zero enthusiasm for this movie 
like I was excited that there was going to be another Shazam movie. I know we were all excited when it was announced. Yeah, so um, like I I even got Katrina, my wife, to watch the 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 first one in in sort of like a lead up to this one. So so does it deserve more love than it's getting though, or do you think? Well, that no, this one kinda- isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we watched it uh, a week and a bit ago at the cinemas, and I think while I was watching it, I didn't mind it so much, but the more and more I reflected on it, the less I liked it. (laughs) I think it does lose, where it has lost a lot of what made the original special. Yeah. And I know that we're biased because this is a body swap podcast, but it was the body swap that made that first movie good because it took that big premise, like the the Tom Hanks movie big, and shoved it in a superhero kind of format. And that, that kind of mixture was really fun. Yeah. And, and you have that like something very relatable, like the, uh, to, to think of like a child um, getting to have that wish fulfillment of being a superhero. Uh, yeah, is just sort of lacking from this second mm. one. Like I, I can't recall. Like yeah, we're doing a body swap podcast. Um, I feel like we see, uh, the 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 difference, like the change between the two characters. What like three three minutes of the film is in total him as um yeah. Billy Batson, and then the rest of the time he's Shazam. Really, like yeah, we hardly spend any time with him as Billy, and. The other thing is when he is Billy, he's not not acting like Shazam at all. Like the whole body swap aspect where Shazam is actually supposed to be acting like Billy because they're the same person is completely lost. He's all like carefree and jokey and quippy as Shazam. But when he's at Billy, none of that is there. No. He's yeah. kind of stern and like telling off his friends and it's a real missed opportunity because that was what made this franchise special and it's kind of gone away. And there's a lot of interesting things, like ideas in this film that aren't really fleshed out enough. I think the like the main kind of emotional thrust of the film is uh, Billy. He has created this group of friends uh, and like they all become superheroes together. But now they've all got their own lives and they're all going and doing their own thing. And he's just desperately trying to keep them together and see, and, but he can see that he's just losing control of it. And that has some real like heft to it as an idea. Yeah. As an idea. It's like this kid is, um, you know, a bit abandoned by his parents and you can, and you can see that fear that, uh, this Mm. new family that he, you know, holds dear Mm. is, Mm -hmm. you know, he's sort of losing that grasp of being like tight knit as everyone's, you know, going off and doing their own thing. And that would like trigger him to be like, oh no, I'm losing my family again, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, I feel like there was like great ideas here, but Mm. um, yeah, I'm not sure (laughs) where it all went wrong. And there's some really cool like sequences, like the, the opening sequence, I was sort of like, oh cool. This is, this is already like, a fun time. I, I was never bored watching this film, but it's just on reflection. I'm like, oh, this could have been so much better. Like, it's just a wasted opportunity, which is frustrating. It, it does a really good thing that it, it highlights the character of Freddy, his best friend, which I think we all th- knew, thought like, was the hi- one of the highlights of the of the 
first film for sure. Yeah. But then they kind of put him in this romance that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I was never really rooting for them as a couple. It didn't really feel that believable overall, but it takes up so much of the film. Like the film almost is more interested in these villains and this romance than it is in the characters. Like Shazam and his family. Like I really was hoping this was going to be a film about Shazam and all his uh, kind of adopted brothers and sisters all learning to be superheroes together. And it really wasn't. They were very secondary. They were hardly in it. Um, the times they are in it is wasted on, like, one of the worst product placements I've seen in a film in a long time. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we, we'll get the film. The film stops to become a Skittles ad, which yeah. is very frustrating. Did you enjoy the villains, though? Um, seeming they got so much of the screen times. So it's like um, the daughters of... Athena, Athena? yeah, yeah, Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, and Rachel Ziegler from um, West Side Story. Uh, did you enjoy their kind of plot in this? Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't work about it for you? Ah, uh, uh, just this sort of like sibling sibling rivalry, like that, like just saying those words. It's like, oh, surely you could have found a way to make. Like three sisters having like this conflict, um, sort of transfer over to this family of like, yeah, but none of that is connected in any way. Um, whenever we're like going to these stories of like mysticism and you're dealing with like literal gods mm-hmm. and going into their stories, like, how disinteresting is it? to be involved in the lives of gods like how irrelevant when you're talking about things like oh we need to plant a tree and it's gonna mm-hmm. give us things and powers <laughs> and it's like such such i guess like things beyond actual like like things that mm. you can connect to as a human you know what i mean like yeah yeah because yeah. if you're going to be wor- dealing with these world ending stakes mm. make us care about the people in the world so at least we have some stake in the game but- yeah like a a romance between like a teenage boy and a six thousand year old god um just really wasn't <laughs> doing it all that much for me yeah, especially since she, like, falls in love with him so easily. Like, you yeah. think you'd live for 6,000 years. A guy standing up to a couple of bullies in a schoolyard isn't going to be what, like, impresses you. How much would have you seen in 6,000 years? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, gods are all, like, self-righteous dickheads. And so it's like, oh, this guy's, you know, I don't know, he's different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was glad that she turned out to be a villain because I was just like, wow, like this is just really laying it on thick. This like yeah. sort of dream girl who like likes the nerdy guy who gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the the biggest uh, wish fulfillment there? Like turning into superheroes or that? <laughs> <laughs> so should I p- attempt to do a 30, 30 second summary? Yeah, of course. <laughs> For all the people that have been listening to this um, and going, what the fuck are they they talking talking about? about? And you know what? After this plot summary, they will know exactly Exactly what's going on. Because it was so, it will be so clear and concise, (laughs) and they will know every part of the plot after I get through it. No, I won't. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> so let's do the 30 second plot summary where I try to sum up the plot of Shazam Fury of the Gods in 30 seconds on the fly. You ready? Uh, no, but go anyway. <laughs> go. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Billy and his uh, family, they're rescuing people and then um, these gods uh, are awakened and they they get the staff that he broke in half in that last movie and they want to use it to take the powers of all of Billy and all his family so that they can restore their own powers because their world was taken away and they want to tran- plant a tree that will terraform our earth into their world. And then um, so... They fight a bit and then they plant Bang. the tree and then all these monsters come. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got most of the way there. Wait, wasn't that like the same plot of like uh, the, the Superman film that they were trying to terraform the Earth to be uh, like like planet Krypton and stuff? Ah, oh, the, um, the Zack Snyder Superman, Man yeah. of Steel. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> but in this time, the terraforming creates uh, like a whole bunch of like evil unicorns Classic and Dungeons Cyclops. and Dragons characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that's carried over from the last film, like that kind of made the Shazam film a bit distinctive is that it wasn't afraid to do some like straight up like horror sequences and like scare like fully scary monsters i don't mm. know if this time i felt that dread so much in this one like mm. the first movie there was that that boardroom sequence that was yeah, like genuinely creepy thrown yeah. out of the windows and stuff like yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah um the monsters this f- time around didn't feel as as menacing to me they are the uh wooden dragon that lucy Liu rides around uh was pretty cool i guess yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like our standards for dragons have really like gone yeah. up a notch since uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, you know. So, uh, so you you think that Game of Thrones is like the high standard for dragons? For dragons, uh, yeah, I don't know. For like dragon uh, concepts, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I my heart will always be with um, Toothless in How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> so we have this kind of dynamic between the three villain sisters, where they are fighting between each other on like what's right and what's wrong and what what to do in this situation. Do you think these characters would have been written the same way if there were three dudes? Oh, um. Because I, I was I kind know. of feeling, I was kind of feeling like, what is this film saying? Like, you got these three all-powerful women and you just had to make them, like, bickering, like, nags between each other, like, who can't make a decision and can't actually lead effectively. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking it was more like watching women talking, um, <laughs> like how they, like, really had to, like, you know, break it down and discuss the uh, the different aspects of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, except in this one, they're like fucking maiming each other. <laughs> they're always stabbing <laughs> each other. Yeah. Now, if women talking went in that direction, <laughs> maybe I would have liked them. If they all had knives out the entire time, they're in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> See that? That would have been great. 
then it would have then it, then it would have deserved it would have deserved its uh, best adapted screenplay Oscar if, if it did that. Yeah, that's that, called that, adaptation. <laughs> yeah, adaptation. You know, there was no knives in the original book, so. <laughs> but no, I don't know. Like they're gods. Like that's what I was saying. Like I think that's sort of the classic idea of, of gods and stuff is like there's this like melodrama constantly playing out, you know, mm. and that's like. I don't know, supposed to be people peace? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, the reason like my crops didn't grow this year is because um Zeus is pissed at, you know, Athena. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> uh religion say stupid. <laughs> but like um, yeah, I, I find the like uh the whole like magic thing just such a like how, how do you how do you figure out what's going on like is, is someone in trouble is is this a, a fair like matchup you know what i mean well like the whole last hour of this film is just like a cgi laser beam bullshit like that every superhero film goes on to where like you don't feel the stakes because you don't you don't know what the fuck's going on half the time and also, like nothing feels real or tangible in any way. Like when you're in this, u- like this universe, like where's because we've seen there's like Superman, like Wonder Woman makes an appearance in this one, like yeah, they're they're all out there, and there's like a giant dome that's taken over an entire like like county. Why why isn't anyone coming to help out poor old Shazam? You know. Yeah. Why is that only on his shoulders? <laughs> what's like what's the degree? You know how like it's like everything always takes place in Metropolis or like Gotham City. Like do they yeah. just have like their like their borders and they're like, I can't cross over there. That's just it. Like that's Shazam's territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. F- Philadelphia could go fuck itself. <laughs> I'm staying in Metropolis. <laughs> they're being eaten by fucking Pegasuses and <laughs> Yeah, well, the the sad thing is that because the DCEU is completely being restructured, we'll never get an answer to this. Like, we might have gotten a fun answer, like, in the next Wonder Woman movie where we see that she was actually fighting somewhere else or whatever, but um, there's not going to be another Wonder Woman movie and there's not going to be another Henry Cavill Superman. The new Superman movies will be in a completely different universe than this, so... And I think that's another reason why people might have not cared about this because they knew that it had no effect on any other movies going forward. Like, yeah, they, like, really made a point to let people know that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everyone, come see this movie. Remember, it doesn't count at all. And (laughs) it's a waste of time. Go and see it. Have a good time. But remember when we used to all go watch movies that had no connection to future movies and we were all fine with that? <laughs> it didn't have to be a prerequisite for like, ah, oh, I, I have to watch this one so I can watch this one. Did you uh, did you enjoy uh, Pedro's uh, coming out? Like, was that at least like well, handled he- well? Or were you sort of annoyed at the whole like, yeah, we all know, like, and it's no big deal? <laughs> no, nah, look, look. Like they kind of already, he kind it, it was clear he was gay in the first movie, and then in this one, they really leaned into it as a joke kind of thing. Yeah, but like, like f- if you're not going to give him a gay storyline, then don't fucking bother. <laughs> like let like give him a romantic interest, give him something 
that like there is nothing we find out he's gay and then he does nothing else for the rest of the movie yeah um, give him like a thousand year old like god to like have a relationship with right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Call me by your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it just felt a bit half-assed. Like, I'm still waiting for my proper gay-ass superhero. Like, I guess Brian Ty- Tyree Henry in The Eternals. Ha- Did you watch The Eternals? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother. It's not. It's oh, probably, oh, oh it's okay. The- it's the, I'll it's the delete it from my list. <laughs> I know you were about to watch it tonight. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that one had like an actual superhero character with a husband. They live together. You know, it's just too bad he was boring and the movie was boring. Was it because it was like just literally just watching a gay couple and then he'd like fly out the window (laughs) and you'd see all (laughs) these battles going on outside? (laughs) Well, it was basically they go to his house and they're like, we're we're reforming the team. Like, so they go to his house and he's there with his husband, like, you have to come with us now. And then he's like, okay, bye, husband. That's <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you, ca- you can't ever have them, like, you can't have two gay characters that stay around and interact with each other for the majority of the film. That'd be too gay. Is there, like, a, a gay icon, like, superhero character? Uh, I... Th- I- don't want to quote I'm me on this, but gayest I, superhero. One of the iterations of Superman was by in a recent run of Superman from oh, yeah. memory. Yeah, so I feel like maybe Superman. I um, feel like isn't like uh, isn't oh, Dead, like a, Deadpool is by as well. I'm pretty sure. Right, right. Hmm. I feel like is it Hulk's son or something like that? I feel like he's like gay, maybe. Possibly. Surely there's a list. Are you still researching gay superheroes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes me to a lot of different sets. <laughs> <laughs> Hulkling. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I think the son of, uh, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other notes on this film? Uh, this film. Uh, mm. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Gay superhero. <laughs> the movie. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like uh, I feel like we've we've sort of said it a couple of times, but uh, I think it's just generally worth mentioning. Like the first one, um, there was just so much joy in enjoying the family, and mm-hmm. um, even though like I love Adam Brody. Um, a lot of the a lot of the guy the people playing the Shazams, like mm-hmm. you know, superhero, you know, versions and stuff, are all great. Um and I enjoy their, you know, the shtick. Um I really would have loved to have spent more time with them as a, as like the kids again, as the family. Yeah. Um, and so that was just a real bummer because um what was it like Darla? She was lovely in the first one, like adorable. And when she's had like grown up a bit, she was a, le- a little less like, you know, attached kind of thing. And it would have been fun to spend, you know, time with her besides, well, like you said, some Skittles advert where she's feeding <laughs> unicorns Skittles to like ride into battle and like stab people and stuff like that, you know. It, it is unfortunate. Mm. And I, I, 
I feel like the franchise is dead now. I don't think it's going to come back at this point. So, R.I.P. Shazam. <laughs> um, we actually we should probably talk about. Actually, no, that's been talked about to death. All what right, the, the the fact that the Rock Johnson ruined this film. Oh, and like Zachary Levi, like throwing everyone under the bus and everyone hating on him now. That's all very boring. They can just look up a fucking article. Like, (laughs) (laughs) leave that in. (laughs) Because I didn't know about it until I looked it up. Because I was like, oh, I thought like the whole point of introducing Black Adam was the fact that him and Shazam are like, you know, sort of. Have you watched Black Adam? No. <laughs> I love this look of disgust that you have when I ask you if you watch these superhero movies. But like, <laughs> why would I waste my time? I have such little time for movies. I'm Maybe just... you're a secret Noah Centineo fan. I was actually going. To I don't go know watch... who this name means. <laughs> I was actually gonna go watch it just for Noah Centineo, and then I found out he's less in the movie for less than five minutes. I'm like, I can't. Not for that. So your love of the rock didn't uh, <laughs> didn't make it. Yeah, I wouldn't go watch a movie just for the rock, but I would watch a movie just for Noah Centineo. So I think that says a lot about me. Are you looking up Noah Centineo? <laughs> now I'm still looking at gay superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard what we thought of the movie, but how attractive did we find the cast? Now it's time for hot or not. Take it away, Brendan. Are they a dude or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Ding. Everyone, Everyone is beautiful, beautiful in their, in their own, own way. way. It's a little bit easier doing it with two people, but I'm sure it's still sad <laughs> awful. All right. So this is this is a complicated one. How did we did you listen to our previous Shazam review? <laughs> no. I said we friend of the kids, right? And then we talked did about we... how hot they all were as Shazams. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that morally right? Because technically the characters still children. are still you still children, they just have the bodies of adults. Well, this in this movie, i I feel like they made the decision. To make it okay, because they have like a six thousand year old person dating a uh, a, a mm. teenage boy, and they're just like, we've pointed it out, so it's okay. <laughs> we've gone. Isn't this weird? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's do it then. Let, let's go all in. <laughs> uh, you know, I think a lot of these are probably going to be the same as last. <laughs> Zachary Levi Shazam is a hot. He's got to be a hot. Surely, oh, but his hair is thinning. I yeah. feel you, Zachary. I'm I'm in there with you, man. I feel I, like I, my I powers are thinning as my hair thins. <laughs> um, look, he still looks great though. He hasn't aged that poorly. Um, no, nah, he's doing right. No, he's he's doing he's doing more than all right. Apparently, he's he is an anti <laughs> he's an anti vaxxer in real life. So I don't know. But uh, uh, he was Chuck. Even uh, hotter, gonna, right? Yeah. <laughs> like being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do love you. Um, love dumb the guy. dummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like he's like really religious, and he's anti-vax. Like he must be hubba so dumb. hubba. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he, you know, Zach. He gets a lifetime pass. 
you know, he was Chuck, he was Flynn Rider in Tangled, he was the hot doctor in Mrs. Maisel. Like, and he was get a, Zachary Levi and all and of he, them. Yeah, so, you know, he gets a lifetime pass for me. So I guess he's a double hot. Double there hot. There you go. Double hot. We're, we're going to be, like, throwing these out. So Asher Angel as the younger Shazam, are we friend or foeing him? Uh, um, I guess he saved Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> like he world. literally died <laughs> for the for, for, our, for his like fellow men and he died mankind. for our sins. Is yeah. Shazam Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> discuss. I give um, him a I give him a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 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 friending him. I think he's, friend he's away. A, yeah, he's a great guy. Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddie Freeman, his his bestie, definite friend, right? Like he's the friend we all want. Like he is like the the like kid in amongst these kids that I'm like I do hope I see him go on you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I I would like to see this because I do find his like comic timing genuinely great and I hope mm-hmm. I hope to see him survive this franchise. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. He was great in this. He was great in the It movies, um, but uh, as a character. I think he was a really cool guy and um, very relatable. And uh, yeah, I w- I'm going to give him a friend. Yeah. Um, Rachel Zegler as Anthea. So this is the 6,000-year-old um, youngest of the uh, gods uh, that has a romantic relationship with Freddy. Um, hot or not? Oh, we're doing hot or not? Because she's, she's six thousand years old. How old is she in this? In real life? In real life, I believe she is twenty. Let me just. Whatever. She's an attractive woman. It's. <laughs> it's it's okay, but like she's uh, she's she's twenty two in real yeah, life. Yeah. All right. Great. I haven't like cancelled myself, but, but I was gonna say like in this movie she is she is sort of a predator. yes she's she's an old lady that goes to high schools specifically to romance the students (laughs) she yeah she runs a honey pot on a bunch of on a teenage boy and then tries to kill their family (laughs) (laughs) but then she learns it's bad yeah, she does. You know, to her like, credit. Uh, 6,000 years old, you're still learning. Uh, uh, Fred, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give her a hot. She, um, she rocked that superhero outfit. Um, she looked stunning while she was doing it. She was great in West Side Story. I know she can carry, carry a tune and do a little dance. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Adam Brody as the superhero version of Freddy. Yeah, of course. Adam Brody's a you know he's a he's a looker. Still, still a looker. He's he's getting older, but yeah, uh, he's still hot. He's 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 very hot. He's rocking some big manes as well. Like he's got mm. he had a head of hair. You know what I mean? I feel like you're very hair focused. <laughs> I just yeah. feel like that was the difference between the first one <laughs> and this one. Is like he. He had like a, you know, he had a bit of, bit more of a, some yeah. locks going. Fun fact, though, that character, it was actually um, Elvis's 
favorite superhero. He was obsessed with that character. So, what with Shazam or Shazam or or this particular Shazam? This particular Shazam, like Shazam Junior or whatever it was called in the comics. Um, it was like the character that Elvis looked up to, and like like even his like logo, he modeled after this character's logo and everything. So. Huh. <laughs> there you go. Lucy Lou as Calypso. Uh Lucy Lou. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Lou looks great. You cannot say she does not look great. I I've I've never I've never got the appeal. I was never I was never a big Lucy Lou person. Like Ali McBeal. Was she older Ali McBeal? <laughs> She was on Ali McBeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since Ali McBeal, just never, you know. She's had so many iconic roles. Besides Ali McBeal, what else has she been in? Kill Bill. (laughs) Charlie's Angel. She was a Charlie's Angel. And this is a travesty. If Lucy was here. She'd be really annoyed. (laughs) Her heart would be breaking in two at you, like dismissing (laughs) Lucy Lou. Um, Because they have the same name. Yes, exactly, fellow Lucy. Um, look, this is a travesty. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm in shock. So I'm going to give her. A, I'm going to give her a, a very much a hot. Even though, I mean, technically, she was trying to kill everyone, and she was an awful human, well, awful <laughs> character. But um, yeah, you're stunning, Lucy. Helen Mirren as Hespera. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd have to give like she has a very like. What's what's the villain like? What's the villain from Lord of the Rings? Which villain? <laughs> like the villain, <laughs> Saruman. Yeah, she has a very Sauron vibe in this film. Like her, like armor and shit. Like it's not it's not sexy. Like um, you know, sci fi armor. I, I'm not gonna say she was like hot stuff in this film. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely looked hotter in other movies. Yeah. And I'd, you got to give the film credit for that, at least. Like, some of these, like, sexy armors that they put women in in these superhero films are just so ridiculous. Like, including um, Yeah, this, this armor actually looks like it would, like, Protect stop you. something. Except they're yeah. all, like, their arms are, like, wide open. Like, they could totally have their arms cut off. But um, nothing's going through that neck or chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through every other fucking character in this film. There's so many fucking characters. Um, I do have to say, like, Marta Milans as Rosa the mum. She, she's a stunning woman, but I don't know if I believe her as this character. Like, she looks like she's just so well put together. She's too beautiful to have ended up in this lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Like, she's you the sort agree? of pretty where, like, she would have just fell upwards into some sort of, like, marketing role in some company. <laughs> she's not the person that ends up with, like, ten orphan children. Like- but she's, like, a good person. The, but- despite the, like, the, the having, like, every dude trying to bang her um, that she's come across, she somehow still ended up with morals and, you know, been super yeah. hot at the same time. That's amazing. Does, She's an amazing this, person. She is. 
too amazing almost like <laughs> these kind of people don't exist <laughs> <laughs> this is what comic books were written for <laughs> <laughs> yeah is there such a thing as someone that's that hot and that good of a person i feel like being hot makes you a bad person <laughs> In, in some way, like, don't you agree? Like, no one can be that hot and that good. And that's why when someone's like, you're a really good guy, Paul, you're like, fuck you. <laughs> no one's ever accused me of that. <laughs> They're like, I get it. I get why you're so nice. <laughs> now it's time for Opinion Swap, where we find some entertaining reviews of Shazam, Fury of the Gods from across the interwebs. So this one's from Mama on Letterboxd. He gives it two stars and they say, no, I don't have superhero movie fatigue. I have bland, generic, ugly looking superhero movies not trying to do anything artistic or interesting fatigue. And I'm fucking exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on that page? Have you officially got superhero fatigue, Brendan? If if my replies to you asking me, have you watched... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> X superhero <laughs> film has made you, you know, wonder. Let me just say, I can't be fucked with any superhero. Like, yeah, I can't. So there's no upcoming ones that you would be like, oh, I'll, I'll definitely watch that? Uh, I don't think so. Can you name one that uh, might be exciting? Uh, Deadpool 3? Mm, no, nah, I'm all right. Um, uh, yeah, I can't think of any others. <laughs> yeah like like i watch every fucking marvel movie every dc movie well actually i've missed a couple of the dc ones but i watch every marvel one but at at this point it's more out of obligation than anything like (laughs) like (laughs) who are you obligated to myself Uh like I'm, i'm a completist once i start things it takes a lot for me to quit them and then like it's not like i apart from like the eternals and maybe half of Wakanda Forever. I've I do genuinely enjoy these movies, but um, yeah, there there have been a couple of rough ones. So yeah, all right. And finally, we have Brandon Stressenig, who gives it half a star, and he says, "I bring out star ratings for special occasions like these because this is truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen." I'd give my life in exchange for movies to stop looking like Windows 98 screensavers and sounding like Deadpool. Nothing is harder to watch than one actor really trying to give a performance when everyone else is jerking off in the background. Poor Rachel Ziegler. Zachary Levi says fam in this with all the charisma and magnetism of a youth pastor three years away from being cancelled. (laughs) A vote for me as president is a vote for the permanent ban on superhero bullshit until we figure out what the hell's going on. And I think that sums up why this film flops to the box office. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to tenuous recommendations where we each recommend a piece of media that's linked to today's movie in some way. And a reminder, if you ever want to see a list of all the recommendations we have made on the show, head over to our letterbox page, which is linked on our website. So I'll get us started because I'm sure you're still working out what yours is going to be. <laughs> um, my connection is your fave, Lucy Liu, uh, <laughs> uh, who has done a lot of iconic roles. Um, but this one, uh, she was only one of the supporting actresses in, but um, she does a really good job in it. 
Um, and it's the 2018 Netflix rom-com Set It Up. Have you seen Set It Up? No. <laughs> and I suspect you probably never will. <laughs> Until we but, do another <laughs> tenuous, tenuous swap. Tenuous, yeah. you me. <laughs> but I have to say, um, as far as Netflix rom-coms go, this is like top tier. And in terms of like rom-coms in general that have come out over the last like five to ten years, I would put this on the top tier. It's actually a genuinely fun movie. Um, it stars Zoe Dush, uh, who I've recommended one of her other movies, um, Not Okay. Did you end up watching Not Okay? No, I, like uh, I, I do want to though. It is one that yeah. I have on my list. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, she's great, and the other uh, lead actor is Glenn Powell, who uh, was one of the pilots in the latest Top Gun movie. He was in Screen Queens. Um, really talented uh, comic actor, and um, yeah, it's just a really fun rom com about two assistants. They both uh, assistants to different like powerful business people. Um, Zoe Dush works for Lucy Liu, um, and Glenn Powell uh, works for uh, Tay Diggs, and then they realize if they they get treated really badly by their bosses and they never have any free time and then they realize that if they can set up Lucy Liu with Tay Diggs and make them happy then it will make their job easier because they'll lay off of them so it's the two assistants trying to set up their bosses and then in the process of end up falling in love with each other so sounds um, generic yeah, it's 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 really fun though. It, it it's um the chemistry between the two leads is great. There's some um really funny um perform- uh supporting characters, including um Titus Burgess from um Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, you know, you go into a rom- romantic comedy with certain expectations, and this achieves all of them. So um, yeah, set it up. Free on Netflix. Give it a go. Uh, what's yours? Uh, I was going to do a little like rather than a film mm-hmm. uh, or a TV thing. I was going to recommend a comic because the yeah. So this film has Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the comic I am recommending also has Shazam. Uh, it's also got basically everyone in the DC. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's called Kingdom Come. Yeah. Uh, the, like, I never, I never used to read comics. I don't really anymore either, but, (laughs) um, the, my sort of entry point into, uh, reading comics in the first place was, uh, an artist called Alex Ross, who, uh, has these amazing, like, like oil painting looking like, uh, his, his style is very much like the golden era of of comic books like he he very much is known for capturing like a very like pin-up girl like sort of uh a style uh, but like also using the like the original costumes of the of the uh of the characters and stuff um they're just like amazing like pieces of art in their own right um 
And so this is like one of the few comic books that he did all the artwork for. Usually he's mm-hmm. often like doing like comic uh, covers and stuff like that. Uh, just because his, his style is just so intricate, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one, Kingdom Come, he does all the characters. And uh, the the premise of the comic is that uh, it's like the future of the DC universe, all the, you know, Justice League have gotten old, like Superman's grey, and mm-hmm. uh, the, the Flash has become so fast that he's not in any one dimension at any one time. He's like sort of this like hovering, like light of of movement and uh, Batman's become so like jaded that he has like no trust for anyone else. And he runs like goth police Gotham with like a bunch of like robot versions of himself. Cause he's so old that he can't do it himself. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just like uh, a really cool concept. It's all about how, sort of like getting the band back together, getting the Justice League back together because all these new meta humans are like out for blood and uh he's trying to like sort of bring order back to like Superman sort of trying to bring back um order back to to things and uh Captain Marvel, which is Shazam's name if anyone didn't know, <laughs> until like legal battles between Marvel and stuff like that <laughs> happened. Um is like being controlled by Lex Luthor and uh they have to like duke it out and stuff it's a it's a it's a really cool comic series and uh i think um one that's worth a read and at least looking at some of the artwork of alex ross so kingdom come if you head over to our website you'll see that each of us has ranked everybody swap film we have reviewed on the podcast so my question is where are we all going to put shazam fury of the gods on our list uh yeah i think i'm gonna put it in between here comes the bride and possessor two films that have literally nothing to do with this film. <laughs> uh well mine is in a similar space mine's between avatar the way of water and avatar <laughs> <laughs> okay I think it's because this movie was bad, (laughs) (laughs) but I love the characters more than I do Avatar, but the Avatar where the water was just, I don't know, like, because of the whole, like, effects of it were more impressive, I think. And you you love Spider so much that... Yeah, I love Spider. He's my (laughs) favourite. Everybody loves Spider. All right. So, next episode... Hopefully we can wrangle a third person in. <laughs> they won't have to go to the cinemas this time, so it might be a bit easier. Um, we're going to go back to the promise we made two episodes ago um, and before our plans changed and review 2017's In Control, where four university students hook up to a machine, allowing them to become one of their fellow students, allowing each of them to party as one of the rich and beautiful. So... Should be interesting. Rich and beautiful. Party. Mm, I like those things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Until next time, don't be a piece of shit on the ground, DPW, and review us on iTunes or Spotify. And I was Paul Mitzi. And I was Brendan Levi. Poof. Now I'm (laughs) super Brendan Levi. 
and oh, I look exactly the, the same because I'm my peak self. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. See you. Bye. Bye. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Too Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.